What's going on, everyone? This is episode 30 of Bet the Win. I'm Claudia Bellafato here with my co-host, Joe Fan. He's over there in Vegas. I am still here in Boston. We will be reunited very soon. We've got NFL Week 17 to break down. We've got some college bowl games. And of course, we will leave you guys with some winning picks. Joe Fan, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm lovely over here. I miss Vegas. I have to say, I didn't think I would, but I think I kind of miss it. I'm excited to come back. Any uh, New Year's resolution with uh, 2022 upon us? <sighs> so many, so many. I think that I'm going to stop being afraid of unders because I don't really play a lot of unders. If you guys have been following me, follow me on Twitter. I just started doing it a little more. So that's my betting that's my betting New Year's resolution. I'm going to stop being afraid of the unders. I'm going to play them. Maybe not watch the games as much as I'll watch the overs because it's not as fun. But that's my betting resolution. Um, and then just take all the negativity out of my life. That's my life resolution. There you go. Gonna, I like It's going to be a very happy, positive 2022. Yeah, what about the you, soul Joe? in your life of the negativity. We have positive <laughs> vibes only going the into unders. 2022. <laughs> there we go. I love it. I think yeah. my betting... Uh, resolution is to not get greedy. I'm always like, I also like that. I could just throw that under the teaser as well. And then like the Chargers. Like, like the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's where I'm at. Less is more. Okay. And so that's where I'm at. I love be. it. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, let's talk our victory laps. I guess this is more of a hold this out and it all goes to our guy, Alvin Kamara. So dumb. Uh, and speaking of always wanting more, you, you, you did put together a nice little build your own parlay. On Monday, and I just had Camaro over receiving yards. And really, I mean, they lost. It was a 20 to 3 win for the Dolphins. So, game script wise, he really should have hit this number. And that's what I was so pissed about because I'm like, it was only 24 and a half receiving. When I said that on the show, you're like, oh, that's all it is. And I was like, yeah, this should be fine. Game script wise, it should have hit. I mean, he sat out for a few snaps in the third. So, I don't know how much that affected it, but either way, disappointing. L. It was a hard game to watch in general. Poor Ian Book. One, just not very good in oh. general. Refused to ever yeah. throw the ball away. Took so many sacks, uh, but also just got obliterated all game long behind a patchwork offensive line. The Dolphins absolutely yeah. dominated him, but I just don't understand. They were 0 of 12 on third down. So they weren't on the field very long. Yeah. But how does Alvin Kamara only get four targets in a game in which you're starting a rookie quarterback who has never seen NFL action before? I don't get yep. that. He had tw And also, they only ran one screen. He went for 12 yards in the first half. He had negative receiving yards in the second half. Yes. Ended with seven. 12 at halftime, ended with seven. Just brutal. Brutal beat. Yeah. Uh, because I also had Jalen Waddell over 50, 50 receiving yards. Kamara over 40 rushing yards, which that was the surprise that actually hit. And then the under 48 and a half for my build your, uh, build your own bet. I thought the Kamara yeah. over receiving was, was a lock. It was not. I agree. The The play Damn calling it. was very questionable. <laughs> yeah. But we move on. Let's talk week 17. Uh, we'll get into Taylor Bale. Joe and I both have two NFL games, and then we both have a college game, and that's where it gets interesting. But Joe, I'll let you go first with your NFL. It's crazy. Uh, week 17, no longer the finale. Next week, we're going to embark on our first ever week 18. A little bit bizarre. Uh, I'm going to start with the Colts minus six and a half against the Raiders. This line will probably move all over the place. Carson Wentz has COVID, but with the new rules, he could potentially play this week as long as he's asymptomatic on Sunday. My guess is he could show up looking like he's got the flu, total mess, stuffy nose, coughing all over the place. And he says, coach, I have no symptoms. I'm good. And they throw him out there because they need this win. 
Uh, even if they don't, even if he doesn't play, I believe in this team covering six and a half against a really bad Raiders team. Raiders are bad, period. Defense is okay. Offense has no options as a, outside of Hunter Renfro. Uh, Foster Moreau was their leading receiver last week. Josh Jacobs has had an underwhelming season. The Colts are good enough on both sides of the football and have such a clear identity outside of the quarterback position that they can mm-hmm. cover six and a half even with Sam Ellinger. With Jonathan Taylor getting Quentin Nelson and Mark Lewinsky back. Darius Leonard is back on defense. This is a damn good football team, which is why they've gotten a couple of big wins in a row against the Patriots and the Cardinals. Uh, I like the Colts here, no matter who's playing a quarterback at minus six and a half. And if Carson once plays, my guess is this balloons above a touchdown. So get it now while you still can. I agree. And if it was Jonathan Taylor who had COVID, probably a different story, but it's not. So I'm going to tell you here, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think that the Colts are playing really clean football right now, which we keep talking about how important that is. They're covering and they're winning comfortably against a lot better competition than the Raiders. And you named some of the teams. They're second in turnover margin while the Raiders have one of the worst. So they're not playing clean football. They're four and one ATS in the last five games, winning by an average of 17 points per game, which is crazy. They continue to have one of the best run games with Jonathan Taylor. And the Raiders' run defense really isn't that bad statistically, but they haven't really faced any run-heavy teams, so I don't take that into too much consideration. I think it is maybe a little more important than you do if Wentz plays or not, um, but the Raiders are much weaker against the pass, so again, sort of an edge for the Colts there. And the Raiders, you're right. Like There's really nothing, and I tried to dig on every team. There's really nothing on offense that the Raiders are doing good except for putting up a lot of passing yards. But they rank 15th in pass EPA, so they're not really doing anything. Like They're not productive with that. So the standard stats say they're good in the passing game, but they're really not. So I agree, and I agree with the fact that if Wentz is cleared 100%, then this will balloon. So um, I'm going to tell you, long-winded answer, but yeah, this Colts team. I finally believe I doubted them for a little bit there, but after that Patriots game, I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to lay three and a half at Ravens. Gold is at 46 and a half right now. The way that I look at this is it's like two teams headed in opposite directions, right? The Rams 4-0 ATS in the last four, covering by an average of eight points a game. The Ravens banged up. They've lost four in a row. The latest by 20 points to the Bengals, which great game for the Bengals, but still 20 points is a lot. Lamar Jackson... Another quarterback situation, right? Like he returned to practice on Wednesday. He has a limp. I've made it clear that yeah, I'm not too worried around that. I watched that video. I, he, he, did, he returned limp. to practice. Right. But the thing is, he's got, for got a me, walker like, on the practice field. I, <laughs> I'm not worried about who's under center. I think the backups are all capable beyond Huntley. So I'm not really worried about who's under center. It's more of the fact that they don't have any help. Their O-line is giving up the most sacks in the NFL. They have talented weapons on offense, but they're not putting up any impressive stats. And they're not winning with offense alone. They're not winning these games with offense alone. They're not winning in general. Uh, Their secondary is banged up on top of already ranking dead last against the pass. So another great situation here for Matt Stafford. They're good against the run, but the Rams can rely on the passing game alone. Their offense ranks top five in pass EPA. So I see the Rams creating some distance in the score with an offense that's a lot more in rhythm right now against a weak and ailing pass defense. I just don't have much faith in this Ravens team right now. 
it's kind of crazy how good Brett Huntley's been. And it looks like he's going to start this week. He got pulled off the COVID list. So he is going to be active in this one. He's only got one pick to three touchdown passes. He's got at least 40 rushing yards uh, in each of his two games, or three games, sorry. Uh, most recently in week 15, he had 73 rushing yards and two rushing scores. He's been pretty damn good. Uh, and it's crazy to think that we looked at this game saying whether it's Lamar or, uh, or Huntley, you probably, like you probably Lamar. like the number regardless. You know, when he's yeah. playing out there, like if I'm scrolling through Twitter and everyone's like, it's just like a different number. Like the way they play, he's super comfortable. But he had like two rushing touchdowns or whatever in the in that first game where he filled in, where when I went into that game, I hadn't really seen him play. So I was like, I'm not really sure what to expect from him. And watching him, I was like, this doesn't even feel like a backup. He Utah, seems very stand comfortable up. out there. Big, big weekend for the Utes, <laughs> obviously, in the Rose Bowl. And then their guy, Brett Huntley, uh, or Tyler Huntley, sorry. Um, but I'm still taking the Rams. This sort of just kind of feels like a trap line. It feels like it should be more than three and a half. And so I'm, yeah. It's, what am I missing? When you watch the, the Bengals absolutely carve up the Ravens defense to where John Harbaugh is whining about them running up the score. Now the Rams are going to come in. Why would the results be any different? And even with Josh Johnson, the Ravens offense was okay yeah. last week. So now, okay, they're going to have a better quarterback. They should continue to put up points to a degree. They're not going to get shut out. But how are they going to stop the Rams' passing game? I just don't get it. It feels too obvious. So I'm tailing without question. But it yeah. just feels like anytime I feel this good about it, I'm yeah. missing something. But yes, I'm on the Rams. Absolutely. Uh, fun fact for you, Joe. 36 of 45 Rams touchdowns have been passing touchdowns. So maybe a little prop to keep in mind here for passing touchdowns. I don't know. Something about me. I love love fun facts. So I really appreciate (laughs) you just did that for me and and all of our listeners. My second NFL game is Bengals plus five against the Chiefs. The Bengals are at home, damn it. Show them some respect. This is going to be the AFC North champion. Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow has been a stud. Just set Bengals franchise records for for yards in a game. Mm. Bengals defense has been playing better. This is an interesting game for me because you look at the difference between DVOA and pro football focus, two advanced metrics. DVOA, heavy favors on the Chiefs. Overall DVOA, Kansas City is sixth. Cincinnati, 17th. Pro football focus, overall team rankings. Gives the edge to the Bengals. Bengals are sixth. Kansas City is 12th. So... To me, this seems like a, a matchup that's pretty evenly matched. And you're getting five with the home team? Give me the Bengals. Mm. And I love them in a teaser to get yeah, up over 10 it. points to 11. Um, I'm riding. I'm on the bandwagon. I've got my Joe Burrow jersey on its way. Uh, I'm, I'm taking... They're both really good teams. And this is, I think, what we look at this game sort of similar to a couple of weeks ago when the Chiefs played the Chargers. And we all sold ourselves on the Chargers for good reason. They had every chance to win that game. Of course, this isn't in a lock. The Chiefs are a damn good team. And they're playing better defense of late, really ever since Chris Jones came back. You've seen more from Frank Clark and Jaron Reed of late. I really like the Bengals. I like them at home. It's going to be a fired up uh, stadium as they hope to clinch the division championship. I'm in. Plus five. Give me Cincinnati. 
I just love when we agree. I am also on the Bengals here. Um, I looked at the total as well because when you look at these teams, you think of you know, how high-powered their offenses are. I will say, though, whoever is looking at the total, keep in mind there is supposed to be a little weather, so I'll probably stay away from it. Um, but I'm going to tell you with the Bengals here, and it might sound crazy. Like, do we sound crazy? I understand the home field advantage, but to, in a sense, fade a team that's on an eight-game win streak sounds crazy to me. But I'm going to do it anyways because I love this Bengals team. And I think you can argue, too, you make the, a good argument. When you dig into stats, we're looking at DVOA, and you're looking at just the standard stats, how many passing yards defenses are allowing, how many passing yards quarterbacks have per game. And it can get very confusing. And then, of course, there's the eye test, right? And I think you can argue that the Chiefs defense has passed the eye test lately, but I'm still going to stick to the numbers here. And the numbers show that Joe Burrow should have a day. The Chiefs defense is 25th against the pass. They're pressuring at a high rate, but Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks against pressure. Guess where he ranks? Quarterbacks against pressure. Aaron Rodgers is more one. More fun facts. Is he two? He ranks. He ranks two behind Aaron Rodgers. So he's playing very well under pressure. And they also rank bottom five in sacks. So I'm not too worried about Joe Burrow here. The run defense is even worse. So the offense should roll. And you and I love to talk about his weapons. Joe Mixon should have a day. Burrow has so many options in the passing game with Chase Higgins, Boyd. And you can't ignore, like, of course, we have to talk about how good the Chiefs offense is. But I think the Bengals defense has been better. We talked about that. They're top five in run defense. The real threat is Pat Mahomes, but I think that the Bengals offense has enough, has enough firepower to keep up. So I like the Bengals here. Knock on wood. Let's hope they keep making me money because they I, have the past two weeks. I'm going <laughs> to sprinkle plus, 80, plus 185 money line as well. I can tell you that I right like now. I like it. I'm in. I like that. All right. What's yeah. your second pick? All in on Joey B. Packers. <sighs> Right under a touchdown, minus six and a half against the Vikings. The total dropped from 47 and a half down to 46. Probably not going to touch the total here, but I will go with the Packers. I went back to week 11, their last matchup. The Vikings won. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> forgot, 34 to 31, the Vikings won with the last second field goal in true Viking style. But if you look at the numbers, Packers led in total yards, passing, rushing, and yards per play. Rodgers threw for almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. They played a really good game, but the Vikings obviously put up good numbers too. It was close. Both offenses were on a roll. The biggest difference was in penalties. The Packers had eight penalties for 92 yards. The Vikings had three for 25. So two things I think we can expect a cleaner game from Green Bay. And also they know that they need to get a lead early and keep the lead early. And they've even talked about that. So I have faith they'll do that. Their offense ranks first in EPA right now. They have a strong pass defense. And they're much easier to trust than the Vikings. Heading into this game, I can put all of my faith in Aaron Rodgers right now. Kirk Cousins, not as much. On top of that, he doesn't have Adam Thielen, who had 82 receiving in the last game. And on defense, they're giving up the six most passing yards. So I don't really see any advantages for the Vikings here. So I love this. As long as it stays under a touchdown, I like it here. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been balling really ever since he got canceled. It seems like he's only gotten better, which is credit to him for fighting through adversity. Hater, haters are his motivators. What a, <laughs> cancel culture really got him. He's on his yeah, way to win that. second straight MVP. That's an aside. Uh, I will. I've gone back and forth on this, to be honest with you, because <laughs> my gut says tail. Um, but, but the Vikings are so weird. 
And they've played in a one-score game in 14 of their 15 games this year. Mm-hmm. They play up to good opponents. They beat Green Bay back in November, like you mentioned. Green Bay has allowed brutal backdoor covers in two straight games uh, against the Ravens and Browns. So six and a half is a lot. I mean, to cover by a touchdown. It's a great teaser spot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, get it down to where they just have to win. Um, I like that. My gut says, Bale, I will avoid this game altogether um, in terms of just playing this number. Maybe you put the Packers into a, t- a teaser or two. You're right, because I don't trust the Vikings. But after this last couple of weeks, do you trust the Packers either? I, I don't know. Uh, I will bail for the sake of this segment. ATS at home. <laughs> I am bailing on you here, um, but avoiding in terms of my hard-earned money. I don't, I don't know if I'll put anything on either side. Understandable. The Vikings are just too fun. weird. The Vikings are just such a weird team. I know. Yeah. It's also going to be five degrees. Crazy. Is that cold? That sounds cold. That, that's cold. But I don't know how much it's going to affect the passing game. I don't know. We'll uh, let's let's give a college pick because we've got the New Year's Six. The, the bull season has crescendoed to its grand finale of the New Year's Six. We have the non-CFP games. We have the Fiesta Bowl featuring Notre Dame minus two against Oklahoma State. Uh, the Sugar Bowl, Ole Miss minus one and a half against Baylor. Ohio State minus four against Utah in the Rose Bowl. And then the Peach Bowl, Michigan State minus two and a half against Pittsburgh. Then we have the CFP game, Cincinnati against Bama. Cincinnati getting 13. Then Georgia laying seven and a half against Michigan. I will throw the ball to you first. I know in our Taylor bail here, we are on opposite sides. So we are automatically bailing each other. And I want you to tell me which sides you're taking and why. The Orange Bowl. Yes. So I got Georgia at seven at minus 115. I wouldn't pay more than minus 125 juice to get to that seven if you still can. But I still like it, even with the hook. I think there has been a bit of an overreaction to the Bama-Georgia game. Yes, the defense was humbled by Alabama, no doubt. But that was the best quarterback in college football right now with a top five passing offense. Cade McNamara is not Bryce Young. He hasn't gone over 260 yards more than once this season. And that was against one of the worst pass defenses in college football in Michigan State. Bryce Young put up 421 passing yards to beat Georgia. So Cade McNamara would literally have to have the best game of his life to lead a similar offense here. And I don't see that happening. It's going to be up to the run game, and that's Georgia's strength. They're allowing just over two and a half yards a carry, allowing the second fewest total yards a game. They have the fourth most sacks. I don't care who you play. Everyone wants to talk about their strength of schedule. Their defensive numbers are insane. They're historically great. And on offense, because of course we have to talk about that, I said give Stetson Bennett a little more credit at quarterback. He's not having to do a ton either, but he's fourth in the country in passing efficiency. Higher than the almighty Bryce Young. So if that's the weakness of this Georgia team, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm bailing. I'm taking Michigan. <laughs> give me the fighting Harbaugh's at plus seven and a half. That's a ton of points in a game that features two really good defenses. I don't think Michigan's out of its league here. I think this number is only so high because of SEC bias. Hey, your SEC is 0-4 in bowl season. Now, and I'm not saying that should have an impact on this game and how you feel about it, but I think maybe there could be a degree in which we need to stop glorifying the SEC beyond Alabama and Georgia. On offense, Georgia is the first-ranked scoring offense, offense and Michigan's fourth. So it's not like these teams are overmatched. Michigan is right there with them in terms of rankings, and they've also got dudes. 
Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the first round, first overall pick likely in the 2022 NFL draft. His teammate on that defense, David Ajabo, linebacker slash defensive end, is going to be a mid-first round pick. Both teams dealing with COVID issues. Basically, all of Georgia's team, we have heard rumblings. All the practices have been closed, but they've dealt with COVID issues. Daxon Hill, Michigan star defensive back, now on COVID, might get back in time to play. Who knows? But seven and a half is a ton. And so to me, when that line is, is strictly based on, in my opinion, conference bias, why not take a Michigan team that, in my opinion, is really good? So that's where I'm going. And you look at the rushing defense, Michigan runs the ball really well. 7.2 yards per carry against Ohio State. 6.2 yards per carry against Iowa. And two blowout wins. Not just edging those opponents. Blowing them out. So they've done everything they can do to get to this point uh, to be impressive and pass the eye test. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this game. Looking forward a lot. I think that is the matchup that the Georgia's run defense against Michigan's rushing offense. I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to see how it plays out because that, to me, I think will dictate who wins this game. But in a low-scoring yeah. game that you expect with two really good defenses, seven and a half points is an awful lot of points. Yep. Strength versus strength often makes for great games. So yep. we'll maybe do a little friendly side wager on the side there between I you like and that. I, Joe. All right. Uh, <laughs> WinBet is offering a Vegas trip for big game weekend for every build your own bet parlay of $20 or more, whether it wins, loses, or pushes. Now through January 17th, you'll get a entry to win multiple prize packages including a trip to Shaq's Fun House in Los Angeles and a trip to there where Joe is to the Win Las Vegas for Big Game Weekend in February. And at that point, I will be there too. We will come say hello. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. All right, Joe, winning picks. We don't have to talk about the records. Let's just get into it. Let's finish 2021 with a bang. I'm going to run back the three-team teaser. I know I'm crazy because I... Anytime I feel like there's a free space, I get the wrong free spaces. I pick the wrong ones. And mm -hmm. you know what? The Chargers burned me last week. I'm running it back with them. Chargers minus half a point oh. against the Broncos. There's no way they lose, they lose this game. Period. Drew Locke is terrible. Yes, they run the football well. The Chargers can't stop the run. I just don't believe you're going to see a slow start offensively with the Chargers that you saw last week against the Texans. They can't afford to let down games in a row. Now they're on the outside of the playoffs. Looking in, a must-win game for them. Also taking the Colts minus a half point and then the Bengals to plus 11. Uh, Three-team teaser, six points each at plus 140. That's where I'm headed. What say you, ma'am? We're having a teaser party and very similar, but I'm going to take out the Chargers because I don't trust them. I do trust the Packers, though. So I'm going to go with Colts, Bengals, Packers at plus 140. Colts down to minus a half a point. Great minds. Uh, Raiders. We didn't talk about this. We didn't plan this. Look at us. No, we, we really didn't, actually, which is, always makes me feel good. Um, everything I mentioned, Raiders have put up good run defense numbers, but they've yet to face Jonathan Taylor. He's going to find holes enough to get the run game going. Carson Wentz is going to take advantage of the weaker pass defense, or like Joe said, whoever is at quarterback. Uh, Bengals, third week in a row now. We're going here Joe, with Cincinnati. I'm going to go with the Bengals, and the reasons haven't changed much. Joe Burrow should have a day against the Chiefs' weaker pass defense and Cincinnati's defense should do enough to keep it close. And the leg that I'm going out on my own limb with is the Packers. For me, it's a don't overthink a play. I know the Vikings make you nervous, but for just half a point here, the Packers' offense is rolling. Vikings are giving up way too many passing yards. 
and an offense that without a key piece in Adam Thielen. So for all of the reasons I'm backing the Packers at six and a half, I feel that much more comfortable laying under a point here. I love it. I will. You see, my thing is like, okay, maybe I'll, just add, I'll add that and then make it a four-team teaser. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Your reasoning is sound. It's perfect. Wait, what, what, what and was there your, is um, my fatal flaw. What was your resolution betting. again? Good news <laughs> well, it's is not the new year yet. it's not the new year yet. You know, it's why I was at Target. Speaking <laughs> of this very same conversation, and I'm walking through, I was grabbing some stuff, and uh, I see this, this gentleman perusing the candy aisle, uh, a man after my own heart, and you hear his <laughs> wife chirp him. I thought we were going to lay off the milk chocolate. Oh. He goes, I said after the new year. And I was like, <laughs> I love that energy. Honestly, though, You still fair. got a couple more days. Still got it's a couple fair. more days before you want to be accountable to your resolution. Oh, be a degenerate, Joe. Be a degenerate Don't have until to New Year's. Me and then- twice. <laughs> happy New Year to you, ma'am. Oh, happy New Year to you, Joe fan, and Happy New Year to everyone listening. Thank you for listening slash watching. If you did, that is episode 30. We will see you guys next week.